0: This is too many lawyers, I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. And Connor, it is Monday, December fourteenth, uh uh, excuse me. Sorry. December 14 is on my mind because it was a huge day. Right. It, today's the twenty first. Peggy Noonan had a column in the Wall Street Journal on Saturday, and she said, "Incredible, incredible a day for America." Big picture of Uncle Sam. And I guess it was a doubleheader day. The fourteenth of December. Number one, the Electoral College voted, and made right it, made it pretty much official. Hey, 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 uh, co- hey. A couple of more, couple of more cards. Let him have every avenue. a et Trumpster et et cetera, can et play. Et cetera, et yeah, et he's got a joker in his deck. And then yes. the other thing that happened was I think that was the official approval of the vaccine. Yeah. So it really was a pretty amazing day. A red letter day. The constitutional system uh, withstands all of the onslaught. This time. Uh, yeah. Maybe. And, and, so far. And we've got the vaccine. Which I'll is- be happy when... Trump is physically out of the White House. That, that's when I know. Will you really be happy, though? Because you've heard those I mean, stories about people who win the lottery. Right. They go back in six months yeah, yeah, to yeah. their happiness They get everything set they, they ever wanted. And, yeah. then, and they go back to their happiness set point. Right. I mean, it's so weird. It's like people who have horrible spinal cord accidents and they're in a wheelchair. Right, right, six right. months later, after being you know horribly unhappy and depressed, six months later— Sociological psychological studies showed they're back at their same happiness yeah. set point they've had for the last 50 yeah. years. Is that weird? Or it what? is
1: weird. And you know, it's something and not to derail us uh, uh, too much right before we uh, you know get into the actual show. But this is something I've noticed about myself. It works the same way, not just with win the lottery sort of big happiness moves. But heck, I move into a new apartment. My Uh, happiness level goes up by 15%. The endorphins are off the chart. Yeah, I've got a new thing going on in my life. My commute is better. I'm closer to my friends. Uh, I'm paying a better rate. Uh, I've got more space for my crap that I don't actually care about, blah, blah, blah. My happiness goes up like 15%. And then like- Only 15? That sounded more
0: like 35. Okay, you're
1: right, you're right. It's true. And then- two weeks later, or a month later, I'm right back where I was. And I'm thinking to myself, man, do I not really like this apartment? Do I not really like these stupid friends that I'm nearby? Do I not really like having a shorter commute? No, it's not about that. It's just yeah. about how our brains work. We like, have a happiness set point that we, you know, I, I rest it's
0: at. True. it's true. It's human nature. Uh, it's psychology, I guess, but it's sad. I think maybe we ought to uh, all struggle against it because when, well, okay. when good stuff happens, you know, when bad stuff happens, we let it kind of linger and percolate and we right. replay it in our mind right. for the next 60 years. But when good stuff happens, do we really give it the the enduring credit uh, that that it deserves and that we should give it to there's, make ourselves
1: happy? There's definitely an imbalance. But you know what? The, I think the thing that I've noticed uh, the, the most in my life uh, that is, is the most true is that evolution did not design uh, humans to be happy creatures. Evolution designs, designed us to not get eaten by lions right. uh, and not starve to death uh, and and recreate, uh, Procreate, and beyond those things, happiness and unhappiness serve only as uh, as tools to make us get our butts out of bed and go do things. So, it it to me, uh, uh, a happy human is an unproductive human. A happy human is a lazy human. And and uh, so we need result, to overcome the evolution. We need and to be biology. evolution. It's a pretty simple
0: process. Just to overcome the g- most powerful force in all of biology. Right. Very simple process. So anyway everybody should be happy about the fact that we are coming out of the the pandemic isn't it amazing isn't it remarkable that we have a situation where everybody was told that the vaccine is going to be mm, February, March, you know, spring. You know, we can't do it. You can't rush science. You know, this, these things grow in petri dishes and they take their time. And yet, in spite of all these predictions, which until several months ago I was still hearing from people who were really involved in, right. in medical science. I wasn't talking to Fauci, but I was talking to to medical people who who seemed to have a handle. And they were all saying, "Oh, well ended 2021 and yet boom yeah. here we are. I mean it is operation warp speed really worked and and I wonder what it is that allowed it to work and defied all these experts predictions. So
1: what is different from from my my uh, reading about it is is what was different about this vaccine trial process is that they ran multiple concurrent trials.
0: And uh, at the same time, that's something you could think of in July 2020. Why would it be so unheard of back then when everybody everybody was saying, oh, no, it's going to be next year for sure. So the process of creating a vaccine is one that is.
1: controlled in time, not just by the speed of things that grow in Petri dishes, but also by the amount of manpower and political will and money that you put behind that. And the number of competing companies all racing, sprinting, and the government all racing and sprinting towards trying to accomplish this goal. Um, I actually heard a fantastic uh, episode of Radiolab that I cannot uh, recommend highly enough. I mean, every episode of Radiolab is amazing on NPR. It's fantastic. But Um, This one was about a Dr. Hillerman, uh, the father of the modern vaccine, the master, the vaccine master, uh, the guy who created the MMR vaccine, uh, the guy who uh, who created the uh, Japanese uh, encephalitis vaccine, uh, the guy who created the mumps vaccine. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's, you know, a complete rock star and potentially the greatest scientist, uh, you know, of of the 20th century or maybe all time. Who knows? Really? Who knows? It's, It's impossible to know these things. But He you know, came up with this process, and it really is, uh, as they describe it, um, it, it, when when you get all the mechanical science part of it out of the way, it does come down to... a series of judgment calls and fine-tuning tweaks that come from purely trial and error. So there's the process of, of literal trials where you have to you know give the vaccine to test subjects and see how things work out. Right. And that depends on how well, uh, how quickly um, the the disease develops. So this disease, if it develops symptoms faster than other diseases, you can get trials done faster than in other diseases because there's a shorter incubation period and there's a shorter symptom period. So you can actually see the outcomes of your vaccines. The other element, though, of it is this fascinating uh, part that is up to the the scientists, the doctors, who's, who's you know, they've got their their PhDs in, you know, biopharmacology or whatever, uh, and uh, the conservatives don't want to call them doctor because they're not, because uh, they don't know how to do the Heimlich Maneuver uh, or, or, or do a trach in an emergency on an airplane. But that's okay. Don't worry about that. Um, no, but these guys and gals are out there, and what they do is... To create an attenuated vaccine, attenuated people think of it as, oh, well, they just make it weak. They just kill it. And then it's like, you know, an almost dead vaccine. Attenuation of a vaccine is actually a complicated process that can go faster or slower, depending on the skill of the people who are doing the attenuation. What they do is they they find uh, the basically the chicken version. They always almost always use chicken eggs nowadays, uh, ever since the 50s with Dr. Hillman they find the chicken version of the disease or more, or mutate something into the chicken version of the disease. And then they sort of wiggle the knobs back and forth between mm. chicken and human right. so that the disease that is in the vaccine is chickeny enough that it doesn't kill the person you're giving the vaccine to, but human enough that your body still recognizes it the same way it would recognize COVID out in the wild and builds an immune response and attacks it. If it's too chickeny, then your body might not recognize it and build a strong immune response. If it's too human-y, you might get sick. And that's the ultimate problem that we're always so afraid of is, okay, well, we can't give people attenuated vaccines uh, too early in the process because they might be too humane y and thus the person might get sick. And so it's that attenuation process that is a real, it's up to the doctors and scientists who are doing this and it's their judgment call. And so, if okay. you have enough of them and the best ones, all with the best resources, they can do that process faster.
0: I'm glad I asked you. Then you yeah. see, we we got the answer. A yeah. very informative podcast. So, all right. So, uh, I'm going to update my list here. Okay. Um, okay. Number one, Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, Number two, Justice Justice Gorsuch. Uh, Number three, lowest unemployment rate for people of color in American history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number four, Operation Warp Speed. Right, right, right. And number five, most despicable public personality of any president in U.S. history. Mm -hmm. I'm just making a little list. It's just who knows what the list is. Yeah, it could be anything. So uh, before we get to uh, the other topics we wanted to address which are uh, San Francisco High School wanting to drop Abraham Lincoln's name he was mm-hmm. not woke enough Sure and he hasn't really been sufficiently woke for a uh, long many, time many years Yeah uh, We're talking going to talk about Jill Biden being bashed uh, Dr. Biden we're going to take a deep dive into her dissertation Yep uh, We're going to look into the fact that thank God the healing has begun the bipartisanship uh, is returning to Washington sort of and we are going to talk uh, about a, uh, a trivia contest here. We're going to put Connor to the test. We've oh. got a David Letterman what? top 10 questions about 2020 Come that on. Connor is going to respond the to. The answer to all of them is no, and it makes me sad. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, And by the way, one other thing I wanted to mention the uh, HBO documentary on the Bee Gees. I know you haven't seen it yet, Connor. In, you know, I am a my huge prodding. Beeger. You know, I wasn't a big Bee Gees fan, you know, staying alive and the whole thing. But I'm telling you, when you see the story, these three brothers mm-hmm. who worked their way, up—it's kind of like the Beatles. You know, they, they came from Australia up to England and tried to become famous like the Beatles. They idolized the Beatles. And then along came the younger brother. Uh, if if you didn't know anything about the Bee Gees, but you're just interested in music, uh, you have to see HBO's documentary on the Bee Gees. It's really fantastic. So... um. Let's talk San Francisco. Uh, this is, seems a little strange. San Francisco Unified School District mm-hmm. uh, is renaming the Abraham Lincoln High School because they claimed that black lives did not matter to him. Well, they're considering renaming the... Considering uh, it, right. right uh, it's,
1: it's, it's on the list of stuff. To, absolutely. To and the comments about whether black lives mattered... Uh, were as Snopes says taken out of context. Not that we can place all our trust in Snopes, of course. It's just one source based off of I, I think just you know a couple of people who who handle this handle the site. But I think the comments were made by a school administrator about Black Lives Matter as part of a larger interview where he was describing the different reasons why they might disqualify different people from right. being named as uh you know having things named after them. And so the idea that black lives not mattering to people was what the topic of conversation as to Abraham Lincoln. uh, It's a, it's a different discussion. I mean,
0: I, I look, so here, let me give you the language yeah. in, in in this post-millennial report. And, sure. and they, they were describing the situation, the San Francisco High School, thinking about uh, dumping Lincoln's name. And then they added, Lincoln is the president who freed African-Americans from enslavement. Did they have to add that? Wasn't that kind of snarky? It was, They're taking yeah, sides in, I would, in this dispute. Well, it, just,
1: it does seem unnecessary. It seems like a little bit of a waste of, so of a reader's time.
0: The school district <laughs> says, Lincoln did not demonstrate that black lives mattered to him. They're thinking of stripping the high school of his name and legacy. Uh, while Lincoln is undoubtedly best known for freeing the slaves from bondage, San Francisco worries that his approval of the Homestead Act and the Pacific Railway Act show that he didn't care about minorities. Because I'm not uh, enough of a history buff to really know uh, about this, but um, about those, those laws. The district said that Lincoln is an unworthy person to name a high school, because for the majority of his policies, they proved to be detrimental to, to Native Americans. I don't know. Um, this this seems like it might be over the top. Connor. do you think many progressives are going to get behind this?
1: Look... I don't think many progressives are going to get be behind it. I think that Lincoln is a, a pretty beloved figure, and I don't think that we are at a point in our uh, 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 political correctness and wokeness uh, wave uh, that we are really ready to to deal with this. I don't think that, that most progressives are ready to sort of reckon with the bad things that uh, our heroes uh, may have done because we like the rosy view of American history. you know we don't want to uh, while while it's very easy to to point a uh, 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 you know the finger at Robert e. Lee statues and say, look, those are representative of our you know dark and terrible past. If you talk to First Nations people, they probably have a whole different set of of concerns that are, as yet unheard in the same way that fifty years ago, if you had said, uh, well, we think we should take down the statue of Robert E. Lee, the South would have shouted you down so vociferously right. that your your objections never would have even have made it to the local newspaper. They would have said things like, Well, the Supreme the, the Civil War was about states' rights, and the Civil War uh was just about, you know, the, the war of northern aggression and uh South will rise again, et cetera, et cetera. Robert E. Lee is just part of our our heritage. Did I say the South will rise again? I don't think I said that. I think you imagined that. Don't worry about it. Like I said, it's just heritage. It's Understand, just history. Understood. Don't worry about it. It's like reading a book. But, but Why, do the, you want to burn books? Do you hate books? But here's the problem. And that's what's happening now. And I think that we will see in 10 years people will be regarding Abraham Lincoln in a more nuanced way, but maybe not right now. Well, maybe we're not ready
0: for it yet. I don't know. I mean, 10 more years from now, because it's been since the 1860s that but we've the, had a chance to think about Absolutely. This but again, we had since the 1860s to think about Robert E. Lee, but nobody gave a
1: crap about it yeah. until about five years ago but
0: they were on opposite sides you see lee fought in fa- favor of the the slave holding. I, here's my problem yeah 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 I america has some titans in its history yeah and washington and, and lincoln and fdr are considered the three in columbus the three biggest oh well, wait no well, well we got right there, there yeah. was no america there was americo vespucci back then but <laughs> no america so um People uh, people look at them and these three guys, and they say these are the best, the best of the best since since 1776, and of course Washington, amazing general, and, and led the first uh, led us into uh, into this fabulous experiment, this miraculous experiment in democracy. And FDR, controversial, of course, but you know dealing with the depression and World War II puts him on the short list. But I think above all of them is Abraham Lincoln. I mean, he saved America from being split up into two halves and we got rid of slavery and headed ourselves down a, a road that eventually led to, to the civil rights movement. How anybody could look back at Lincoln and say anything other than uh, fantastic, we are never going to sully your memory, we're going to put your name on everything and anything we can think of, I think that shows bad judgment. I think that shows an over an, an, a focus on current issues and current concerns that that disregards, you know the amazing history that is America, and if and I, I get the sense that a lot of people don't really want to focus on anything positive in the past because they think it will undermine the strength of their argument for change in the future, and, and I don't think that's a valid position. Well, I think that I think that people who are uh, who probably the people on the side of let's change
1: Abraham Lincoln High School, uh, they're probably actually viewing this in a more nuanced way and are not t- discounting the the good things that lincoln did i don't think that they're, they're i don't think that they're the ones out there saying why don't
0: we get them on the on the podcast we should let's, get them on the podcast. absolutely them. but i mean if if As you, so you found we out learn how
1: to get guests on the phone in the podcast very complicated it, it. no it if is. you if you told me that that bill gates um lured street urchins uh a, in a sort of a, a Victorian era style. You'd never buy another in,
0: Microsoft product again. Into
1: a mansion. And then he, you know, forced them to, to fight each other uh, for his amusement. Um, I would say, wow, Bill... Great job on all the sp- uh, spending on early childhood education and women's We're taking your name it.
0: off the software. Yeah,
1: but it's not great that you're doing this thing with the urchins in the in the battle royale style thing. So don't do that. And also if if he's dead, then we can say he it, let's look at him in a nuanced way. He had problems. If he if he, you know, if he executed a bunch of uh, Dakota Sioux men in 1862, Bill Gates again we're talking about no no we're talking about Lincoln right so right, we right. Had, he had a bunch of native american uh, uh rights issues he had you know obviously forced removal of uh, of native americans uh and and pushed them outward and uh, you know, away from from you know white population centers these are big problems in in his past and things that he you know didn't exactly get right um even though they might have been politically expedient at the time and so when we when we see when we look back on somebody and say this guy's a hero um we should also be able to recognize uh, that these heroes that you know FDR as you might say had lots of positives and you know steered the ship through a very stormy weather uh, but also as you would say made a bunch of policy mistakes um and and you know maybe was a, a flawed person Take him and, off the dime. Yeah and take, <laughs> Sure, and so it really is. It really is important, I think, to be examining our, our heroes of the past, and it it doesn't do anybody any favors to just sort of whitewash them. And pretend well, that the bad I'll tell stuff you what. We'll, well,
0: not only gets somebody expressing that view, but we'll, we'll get a uh, president of the local Lincoln Club, and we'll just let them have that's great and yeah. have a debate. Uh, Nebraska hey, is going to have to change its name. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to bash on Jill Biden a little bit more. But Wait, first, what? First, what? first Connor's going to tell you how to rate and subscribe the podcast. So whatever podcast
1: platform. you're use to get us that's probably apple podcast but it might be anything else like stitcher or spotify um uh, or any other uh program you use i use podcast addict because i'm on android i go on that app and i rate myself and give myself five stars every single day no but i would if i if they let me if there was a mechanical way for me to cheat the system of course i would but no it it, we really appreciate it and i mean who cares right it doesn't actually matter what our average star rating on there is i don't even know what it is uh but it it doesn't matter if you leave a a comment or not but we see it we will go on there and we'll actually see on apple podcast that somebody left a nice comment and my dad will send me an email and say someone left a nice comment and it's awesome it'll make our day it'll make our day so please
0: help us out i appreciate it stick with us on too many lawyers this is too many lawyers i'm royal oaks and i'm connor so connor uh, jill biden's getting bashed because this guy um mr epstein joseph epstein wrote a wall street journal piece uh, recently saying oh come on jill kiddo People didn't like the fact that he called her kiddo.
1: Yeah, I wonder why he yeah, called he her said, kiddo. It's you know, interesting. Would you, you think he you would call a man kiddo? you're not going to
0: do a heart huh. transplant, don't call yourself a doctor. You know, really? MDs, mm-hmm. MDs are a doctor. Right. Oh, my goodness, this was controversial. So some folks, of course, went into her uh, dissertation. Um, she's in education. Uh, she has, it isn't a PhD, it's a doctorate in education. And so mm-hmm. her PhD had something to do with the uh, junior college and and uh, diversity in classrooms. And so they were going through picking apart uh, the, uh, the dissertation and they quoted from it, it said the unique nature of the classroom allows for a complexity of problems as well. Now I'm sure that was taken out of context. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, but, uh, and then it says three quarters of the class will be Caucasian. One quarter of the class will be African American. Uh, the remaining seats will be filled with students of Asian descent or non-resident aliens. And of course, the question is: Let's see, three quarters Caucasian, one quarter African. So maybe she's not great at math. Mm. Bottom line is: Do you think it was unfair for folks to be bashing on her? Because I mean, some people do think it's pretentious and unjustified for folks to insist on being called doctors when they're not MDS. They're not, you know, saving people's lives two or three times a day. Right? Uh, you think people were a little harsh on Jill? No, I that don't is think they, the first lady. I been don't waiting. Think- I don't think people were harsh on Jill. I think that well, this guy was. I was just quoting the, the some professor was just quoting her dissertation, dumping on it and saying, you know, that was a stupid sentence and she was oh, no yeah. math.
1: I th- those people, but those people are really ancillary to the conversation about whether we should use certain honorifics. Right, right. In this specific, the, the broad societal conversation on the left was very supportive of Doctor Jill Biden and who they staked out a position that that basically pointed out the importance of be of. Of legitimizing the use of honorifics, especially among women uh, who have classically been excluded um, and and looked down on, and I think uh, Dr. Lucy Jones, um, the the earthquake uh, expert guru, the guru, yeah, who you'll see on TV and Twitter and everywhere else, anytime there's a, a, a shaker, uh, everybody calls Dr. Lucy Jones, and she's a real expert. She actually had a really good um, tweet thread about this this last week where she said. I started using the doctor in very specifically and intentionally. And, you know, she's not a medical doctor. Right. She can't do a trach on a plane. If somebody's screaming, is there a doctor in the house and somebody's choking, she probably can't help you out. But you know what? Gosh, darn it. She's probably not going to raise her hand and say, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. I, did I you hope say not. you need a doctor? So it's really not going to come up in terms of a public safety issue. Oh, that's true. And she had a very important tweet thread where she said, when I showed up at... Uh, you know, an institute of higher learning. I, I believe it was uh, uh, down here in Pasadena at um, Caltech. Caltech. Uh, in the seventies, she had to uh, wear you know jeans and t-shirts. Because she had to differentiate herself from the secretaries who oh. all wore fancy suit type clothes, really. So she had to show, I'm a geologist. Okay, take me seriously. But by doing it, she had to dress down. Why well, didn't you know?
0: she just wear a stethoscope around her neck? Then everybody would then know would, she's no, a doctor. She's a
1: doctor. Doctor Jones. Doctor Jones. And then
0: after that, she started using. She described going through,
1: you know, her career. She started using the doctor honorific uh, because. On TV, the the uh, uh, the the women were earthquake ladies and the men (laughs) were seismologists and geologists and everything else. The guys who had these doctor whatever they weren't earthquake babes. Right. I mean, that basically might as well have been earthquake babes. And so she said, look, this is this is a thing where. Uh, the, the people who get called out for the misuse of an honorific are people who are already in a vulnerable category. She didn't say exactly this, but already in a, in a, a classically discriminated against, against category. And then people pile on them for this. Do you How many how many times has Breitbart referred to Dr. Seb Gorka in a headline? I saw a compilation. Yeah. It's like 50. Yeah. And they don't ever talk about it because obviously they don't, don't really care about Jill Biden. And, being and a another doctor. example
0: is Henry Kissinger. Everybody called him Dr. Kissinger right. because he was a PhD in international relations, political science. A PhD in killing and I, people. And I, and I don't recall anybody complaining and saying, well, that Henry, what kind of person does he think he is? They're pretty special, calling right, himself right, a doctor. Right. Nobody complained. But there is a sense in society that some people who have PhDs, doctorate degrees of, of various types, who are not medical doctors, are kind of milking it for maybe more than it's worth. And mm-hmm. I think that that mm-hmm. is what people tapped into. Yeah, I mean, Kissinger. Was a doctor in the sense that he's also like the most famous guy on the planet right. and super genius and yeah. so on. And so I think that was part of people being okay with calling him Doctor right. Kissinger. He's really special. Let's right. call him Doctor, just yeah. like our GP down the street. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got a, he's got a, a diagnosis for the for the planet. We got
1: a That's fever, good. and the only cure is more <laughs> napalm. Look. Kissinger and and Gorka uh, uh, and Jill Biden specifically aside, the issue of whether we you know legitimize the use of these honorifics is really kind of in my opinion it's backwards. We've we've delegitimized those things uh, be, as part of a. Uh, decades-long campaign, uh, mostly by the right, to undermine the importance of academia in our society, to say academics are ridiculous, that they're pompous, that they're arrogant, that they're self-important, that they don't actually know anything, that experts aren't really experts, that scientists aren't really scientists, well, that is. the only people that deserve the title doctor are the ones who can cut you open and pull out your heart, and you'll you know survive the process. And that's not true. These people are experts, and they uh, the, the idea is. Is when people say, oh, Joe Biden is a, a master's or whatever... A doctorate in education what an idiot it's like education's like i don't know the most important thing in the entire well, it's, universe it's, it's up
0: there uh, you know i think the problem is in terms of uh, according the respect to to academics the problem is uh, as exemplified by the comment by william buckley years ago he said he would rather be ruled having people in the legislature the government he'd rather be ruled by the first 500 people in the cambridge phone book mm-hmm. than by the staff the faculty of harvard right and people thought well, what are you talking about bill you know you could get all sorts of weirdos and uh, if you just went to the phone book and his answer was that's pe- democracy baby people who are on the faculty at harvard are all of one mind if mm. you look at the surveys over 90 percent of academics are left of center yeah when that's people not get informed a formula. Things, that's they become they That's a Big IQs. Yeah. Their heads are exploding. It's so, The <laughs> brains are so big. <laughs> when you get every, just one side, well, Exhibit A California. We're about to slip into the sea. The abyss. Yeah. Um, so, uh, topic two. Thank God the healing has begun. No more uh, sniping and partisanship. Hooray, and here, it's over. Here, Except here, for this ag- Jill Biden crowd. Exhibit A for that. Jan O'Malley Dillon, Biden's incoming deputy chief of staff. <laughs> has been forced to backpedal on congressional, calling congressional Republicans, well, an expletive. Uh, She was his campaign manager. She was interviewed by Glamour magazine. I wouldn't think she'd sit for an interview for Glamour, but she did. She recalled the criticism Biden faced from fellow Democrats during the primary for calling on bipartisanship. Many progressives viewed this as unrealistic, and she said in the primary people would mock him, like, you think you can work with Republicans? I'm not saying they're a bunch of effers. Mitch McConnell is terrible, but this sense that you couldn't wish for that, you couldn't wish for Bipartisanship ideal, he rejected that. So, of course, people zeroed in on that effers thing. Incredible. and She didn't actually use that word. She used a more provocative. But the amazing part about this is
1: that this is like the most civil quote you could ever imagine. Oh, and I the, don't know. the fake
0: outrage that has been. Is that, is that really up about, the most
1: civil absolute, quote?
0: Absolutely. She's literally. You, you mocking, do know what the other letters are <laughs> that are replaced by asterisks? F word. Look, yeah. she.
1: Okay, <laughs> Trump, by the way, the most coarse, crass, disgusting person on the planet planet the conservatives flock to love and say this is the next coming of christ so obviously these but people that wouldn't be an hypocrites. excuse
0: by dylan she complete. wouldn't say well look donald does it so it's okay no for me she to doesn't do
1: it. have to do that because we all say it for him for her we say look you conservatives who are objecting to the use of the f word who cares you're all hypocrites in addition to that but on top of this she's literally saying there were people who said quote you can't work with those bad, bad Republicans. Right. Err, Mitch McConnell, bad. And, and, Uh, Biden said I reject that. I don't think so. I'm going to reach across the aisle. She's extolling the virtues of reaching across the aisle to the people that are by others called deplorables or MFers or whatever. And she's saying Biden didn't do that. Wow! Oh my gosh! That's the beautiful spirit of bipartisanship. But
0: she used a dirty word to do it. But Connor, she did walk it back. I want to give you the quote that she gave. It's it's a very excellent apology. Mm. She says, quote, I use some words that I probably could have chosen better. <laughs> the point I was surely making, she says, is an incredible, incredibly important point. Yeah. And that really is about the president-elect and why he was supported by over 81 million people yeah. and what they were looking for. Sure. So
1: I guess it'll it'll all work out. I um, saw a great tweet about this that said Trump actually solves this problem. You realize that if you just call somebody a bad name, um and then you get flack for it, you don't ever apologize. You just double down and keep calling them that bad name. How until, do you think he got to be president? Until the media is also calling them a bad,
0: that yep. bad name and everybody just thinks it's normal. Low energy Jeb. Yeah. When we come back, Connor is going to be on the hot seat. Oh, uh, my God. It's going to be like Jeopardy, only you don't have to put it in the form of a question. I will anyway. Uh, we'll be right back on Too Many Lawyers. This is too many lawyers. I'm Roy and I'm still Connor Rooks. and Connor is the contestant on our game show here. It's a, um, it's a trivia I'm stressed. question I'm about, stressed. about 2020, I'm stressed. Uh, and it comes from the Wall Street Journal. In case any of you uh, read that, so here's question number one. Oh God, I don't know conservative trivia. With a lifespan of up to 512 years, this animal is the oldest known living vertebrate. Is it a the Galapagos tortoise or b the Greenland shark? Tortoise or shark? 512 years, of course. The, the great redwoods in the Sequoia National Forest have, you know, 512 right, right. years beaten. So the Galapagos tortoise, I
1: know there's a famously incredibly old tortoise that Darwin... Uh, you know, either brought back or could have encountered on the beagle, but I think that was only about 200 years ago. Brought back to life, you mean? Brought back to Europe I'm from... Just, just joking. Yes. So, I think the answer is actually the Greenland shark.
0: You're so. absolutely right <laughs> to estimate the shark's age, scientists' carbon dated tissue in the lens of its eye. That sounds painful.
1: And we, yeah, and we asked him his opinions on Newsmax and he was loved it. So, they were like, 500! Just write yeah. a big you're off, number!
0: You're off to a good start. Question two. This exercise threshold originated in marketing, not Not medicine, but it's often billed as the minimum for good health. Would that be A, 10,000 steps a day, or B, 15,000 steps a day? Oh my gosh,
1: so I have to know the marketing nonsense number. I think that marketing nonsense numbers come in nice
0: round amounts, right, right.
1: and so I'm going to go with ten thousand. You
0: got it. Yes, you're right. Two for two. Question number three: This style of alcoholic beverage now rivals craft beer in volume sales. Would it be a canned wines mm. or B flavored malt beverages? I think flavored malt beverages is going to ca- is going to be like White
1: Claws. Um, and so I'm going to go with flavored malt beverages because there ain't no laws when you're drinking.
0: You're flas. right, like yeah. White Claw. And truly, yeah. they claim 8% of the market-matching craft beer. You're on roll. Love them. Question number four. This specially prepared surface weighed 660 tons, covered 92,000 square feet, and cost a quarter of a million dollars. And was only used once before. It was demolished. What is this specially prepared surface? Was it a the Super Bowl sod or b the French Open clay? What was the
1: square footage?
0: Ninety-two uh, thousand square 92, feet. Yeah. square feet. You're probably going to want a so pencil the, and paper.
1: The square root of ninety-two thousand would be thirty thousand, or no, three thousand. <sighs>
0: I'm going to say do, the USO. It was th- not the USO. US, no! Fr- no, French Open. Oh, French, o- French, yeah, French yeah, Open. French yeah. Open clay. The clay. The clay. Uh, sorry, as the Super No. Clay. Hey, you're doing great. You're Thank you're you. batting eight, eight hundred here. I try. Question number five or seventy-five percent. Uh, question number five. What's the average normal human body temperature? Would it be ninety-eight point six or ninety-seven point five? You know, I,
1: I I read about this earlier in 2020. Thankfully, they only gave me two choices because I would not have been able to tell you whether it was, uh, it was supposed to be changing to above ninety eight six or below ninety eight six. But since they only gave me the other option, I know it's not ninety eight six, so it's the ninety seven number. Because you're right, we apparently. We came to you're the ninety number. Chilling. Well, yeah, we maybe are chilling, but at the same time, we also came to the the ninety eight six number uh, on the basis of a bunch of bad readings, about uh, really inaccurate readings, where people just kind of expected, they kind of a preconceived notion about what the temperature should be, and inaccurate thermometers, and they just kind of
0: well, fudged it. All right, you're back on track. Question yes. number six: How much of your brain are you using at any moment in time? A ten percent. Be all of it depends on whether
1: I'm on Twitter. <laughs> uh, no, but it's all of it. You need your brain. That's why it's there. You don't. What would be the point of a brain that you only use? You know, ten percent of that You're would be right. a massive waste
0: of energy. You're right. The myth that humans use only ten percent of their brains gained traction when it was published in a best-selling self-help book. Number seven. Which we should month. get in on that game. They don't have to
1: they back up anything. <laughs> they just make up any claims they want. That's
0: right. Which month is the riskiest to drive? Would it be Ooh. September or would it be July, the riskiest month to drive? Okay, I'm going to s- I'm going to say that riskiest month to
1: drive. You'd think that big holidays in July would lead to more like drunk driving accidents, but I think the vast majority of accidents are actually just uh people you're know, driving around their daily lives, not being drunk and driving. So I'm going to say that September, when school's back in session and people are working, you're going to get more cars on the road, and that
0: means more accidents. You got it right for the yes. wrong reasons. No! The <laughs> long Labor Day weekend is a deadly... That's literally it. It is a holiday. I was wrong. Yeah. I thought July but, 4. Well, no, you got it right. You guessed September, and you right, were we'll right. It. We take those. All right. Question number eight. Because of COVID, Americans spent 60 million fewer hours commuting to and from work hallelujah well, what did they do with this time Netflix. a oh. sleep more or b work more mm. what did we use for our use our commute time for this past ridiculous year i unfortunately the tragic
1: reality is i'm 100 sure the answer is work more you're that, right that's the saddest thing i've ever heard in my life
0: <laughs> right well you know sleep's overrated but i mean this is what everybody said when they oh we're gonna you can have sleep self- when you're dead from covid <laughs> We're going to have self-driving cars any minute now.
1: Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how easy the commute would be? And I was thinking to myself, you I would just be on my computer, the laptop that I would be at at my desk. I'm just going to be working on the drive while the car drives me there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to be like, now I have to get
0: up and walk into the office? Why? Why? Why did I even come? Question number nine. In the past year, the impeachment of the president, crackdowns on civil protests, attacks on journalists, and a host of high-profile court cases had led to this unexpected benefit. Was it A, civics knowledge improved... Or B, newspaper sales increase. Ooh, I think newspaper sales have just got to be on a
1: constant nosedive, uh, no matter what. So I'm going to say, oh, but it is a sadder and bleaker reality that if, despite all this, we might know less about civics. That's very tempting, too. Okay, I'm going to go with Jeff Bezos somehow turned it around by buying newspapers and they're on the upswing
0: mm, sorry it was civic no it's the, the annual constitution day civic survey found over half of the respondents could accurately name all three branches of the federal government oh up wait from 39 that's great in the previous year yeah that's good that's news. fantastic Absolutely. okay then, then i'm happy that i got that wrong question <laughs> so 10 happy. final question though. yeah where are the strongest winds of a hurricane a on the right or B, at the front? This is a weird meteorological trivia question. Right so where the are the front. strongest winds of a hurricane? On the right of the hurricane or at the front of the hurricane? From what perspective? Ah, where good, are we standing? Good, good question. Okay, so, In the Northern Hemisphere. We're in the Northern uh, okay, Hemisphere. Okay, so we're in the Northern Hemisphere. Where hurricanes hemisphere. spin counterclockwise. Right, right, right. So, uh,
1: okay, so I know... Hmm. I thought I thought this answer was going to be in the eye wall because the eye wall has the strongest wind of uh, the layers. But if we're looking at it, uh, we're, we're looking at it in the in the, uh, the, the northern hemisphere
0: and they're moving counterclockwise. Um, then so the strongest winds on the right of the hurricane or at the front of the hurricane. What the heck? <laughs> so
1: you could walk tie. you could walk a, a a circle around the hurricane looking inward and the front would would change constantly and the the right would also change constantly but from your this fixed is a perspective trick question. what which one's going to be so strongest winds means fastest moving how could it be like relative it can't be relativistic i mean it's it's it it's just it is just is whether i'm Talk, if you're on the far side
0: of the hurricane and I'm so on the close side of the hurricane. you're saying it's a flawed question. Yeah, I don't understand saying.
1: the question. Well, let's say I'm going to say right. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Uh, you're, you're right. Um, wow. The strongest winds occur to the right of the eye based on the direction the storm is moving, at least according to the Wall Street Journal. Okay, so Got right very after. Very good job.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. So, so counterclockwise, that means the, the end of the hurricane's loop, sort of, if we assume the hurricane's wind starts at the top. But right. why would it? I don't know. I don't get it. Somebody call Lucy Jones.
0: There's close enough to earthquakes, right? That's pretty close. Fantastic job, Connor. We got to get you on Jeopardy. Uh, Next week on Too Many Lawyers, we're going to talk about whether there's a problem that Biden's cabinet, like him, is not woke most of the day. Oh, no. I know that was a little harsh. See you next time on Too Many Lawyers.